Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study in the 11th chapter of the book of Mark, verses 12 through 18. After all of the anticipation and the fear the disciples were experiencing because Jesus told them he would die in Jerusalem, and then there was the triumphal entry into Jerusalem that we looked at last week, things were pretty calm. Jesus entered the temple, looked around, and left back for Bethany. Maybe the disciples sighed a huge sigh of relief, thinking perhaps things wouldn't go so badly after all. Well, the next day they came back to Jerusalem, entered the temple again, and Jesus probably horrified the disciples with what he did next. Pastor Jim will take it from here. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Jesus's Spring Cleaning. Then they came to Jerusalem after the fig tree had died. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple. And when it says began to drive out, he uses the imperfect tense. He started a process and he didn't stop until he'd finished driving them out. He began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. Poor people were allowed to sacrifice doves instead of of a lamb. It says, and he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. Well, obviously, if you're going to have merchandise to sell, you have to bring merchandise in. People were always coming and going. Maybe the, you know, the priest disqualifies uh, you know, this, this family's lamb out here, and then they take that lamb around the far side and bring it in and you know, give it a bath and put it in the pen to sell for ten times the amount to the next family that comes and asks for a lamb. It was totally a ripoff. Okay. No more carrying anything, any merchandise through the temple. And he began to teach and say to them, Is it not written? In other words, did you ever read your Bible? Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a robber's den. The chief priests and the scribes heard this. And they felt so bad about stealing from the people that they repented. Don't you wish it said that? They heard this and began seeking how to destroy him. For they were afraid of the people, for the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. They already had a plan to kill Jesus. Now they have to figure out how, because they knew if they arrested him then, they'd be lynched. So... They're really, really put out by this for all the wrong reasons. Now, try to picture the scene. Jesus walks into the outer court. You can look up a picture of what that might have looked like. There are many of them available. He probably started by walking in and flipping over one of the money changers' tables. Imagine, coins fly and they roll across the ground. It's all stone would have been really noisy, would have been very obvious. Then the next table, then the next, and Jesus shouts out something like, out of here! 
My house shall be called a house of prayer. Straight from Isaiah 56, verse 7. Now, coins are strewn everywhere. Stunned silence has taken over. You know how how noisy it would be, a flea market with a bunch of animals there? All of a sudden, it's really quiet except for the tables being turned over. Jesus flings open the nearest pen of animals. He shoes away the the doves that he's just set free, and he knocks over the stools that the keepers of the doves were, were sitting on, and then he starts letting loose the hoofed animals, and they're now running around in a frenzy until they can find the exits. Jesus just goes systematically from one pen to the next, to the next, to the next, releasing the animals, and the merchants are so shocked, so overwhelmed by his boldness, they complied. They left. Can you imagine the, the presence of Jesus, His, his innate authority? He certainly wasn't the, the, the wimpy one usually portrayed in the pictures. He's throwing over tables and ripping open pens of animals. I imagine there were some pretty dirty looks over their shoulders as they left, but they left And as the grossly overpriced animals are set free, you hear the voice of Jesus again, you're making my house a robber's den. That's from Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 11. Now imagine what it smelled like in there. The smells are lingering. The last of the doves are flying away. The last lamb is making a big racket as she scampers to freedom. And then there are the children of a few devout ones who are there. Compare the Gospels and you'll see, see they started crying out again, Hosanna to the Son of David. They just learned that the day before at the triumphal entry. So there were a, tri- a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. There were some true believers there. I fancy that it was probably over in, I don't know, five minutes Ten minutes, the king has cleansed the temple where he should have been worshipped. The money changers fled. The sellers of the animals were probably quite the comical scene. I could imagine them looking pretty pathetic, running through the streets of the city around the, the temple, trying to recapture their inventory. That was probably something like that going on. But it's astounding. Nobody stopped Jesus. They were astonished. They were in awe. Chief priests and the scribes, they were were furious, but they couldn't stop Him for a couple of reasons. One I already mentioned is because of who He was. Nobody stops God from doing what He wills to do. Jesus was God and He came to show what is going to happen to that temple in symbol by overturning all the stuff that should have never been there in the first place. Then on the human side, the chief priests and the scribes were scared to death of the people. Jesus was so popular, they feared what would happen if they arrested Him in public. They were afraid of a backlash. They were afraid of a 
of a riot, if you will, or a rebellion, and if social unrest were to erupt in Jerusalem, that could get them in trouble with the Roman authorities. So they're stuck. And by quoting Isaiah 56.7 and Jeremiah 7.11, what did Jesus say? He called the place, my house. He was claiming to be God again that day. No doubt about it. Now, other than wishing you could see the movie version of this, what, what do you do with it? Now, you, you're probably saying amen in your heart. You're probably thinking the Pharisees and the Sadducees and their scribes deserved what they got. You know that the holiness of God demands what Jesus did. But this is here not just for us to know what happened long, long ago in Jerusalem. This is here and it's profitable for our teaching and reproof and correction and training in righteousness. Now we've got more for next week, but stop and think, how should I apply this to my own life? Now next week we're going to major on the prophetic significance of both the fig tree and what Jesus did in the temple. But today, I suggest you ask yourself the important question, is my worship cluttered? Is my worship tainted? Now, don't get me wrong. This is not Israel. We don't have a temple court to clear out. Jesus is not physically present. There isn't a card-carrying Pharisee or Sadducee in sight from around here. But where does worship now take place? Jesus was pretty clear First time he passed through Samaria, remember he met that woman at Jacob's well and got her attention pretty quickly, and, and, and she made the point, well, you Jews worship at the temple in Jerusalem. We Samaritans worship on this mountain over here, and she was right at the base of Mount Gerizim where there had been a, a, a temple for the, uh, for the Samaritans. Well, Jesus says to her in John 4, 23 and 24. He says, but an hour is coming and now is. That's because I'm here and I'm coming again. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is spirit And those who worship Him must, that's not an option, those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. To worship God now, you don't go to a physical temple. You don't kill an animal. We're not going to collect from you a temple tax this morning. You, you don't celebrate the Passover or the next seven days, the, the, the Feast of, 11, of, of Unleavened Bread, because that's all obsolete, because that all pointed to Jesus who has come. And now Christ, our Passover, has been slain. And as Hebrews says, once for all, we worship differently. Worship is, in this age, 
a matter of your own heart in relation to God. It is a spiritual thing. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.